It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a special edition of your Times Daily World Briefing on Saturday the 26th of February. I'm Ellie House. And I'm Laura Cook. Reports of fighting in the streets of Kiev as the Russian invasion of Ukraine enters its third day. And Russia vetoes a UN Security Council response. You can veto this resolution, but you cannot veto our voices. The Times Daily World Briefing. Kiev's morning call today. A series of explosions and heavy gunfire heard in the Ukrainian capital as Russia's invasion of the country enters its third day. Russian troops are advancing closer to Kiev, but the city remains in Ukrainian hands. Last night, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky warned that Russia would attempt to storm the city. This night they are going to storm. All of us should understand what is awaiting us this night. We have to hold out. Ukraine's destiny is being decided right now. Kobus Olivier, who is living in Kiev, could hear explosions from his apartment this morning. He refuses to evacuate because the shelters will not take his dogs. So I'm just staying in my apartment. I told you yesterday I've barricaded my window with mattresses or a mattress. And uh, I'm just staying here. But this was this morning, yeah, and... This now, eight minutes past eight, about ten minutes ago, I heard about four huge blasts again, but from another direction. But it's more difficult now, obviously, in the daytime, because you can't see, so you just hear the sounds. Ukraine said last night that there was fighting on the streets of the capital. Authorities have warned residents to stay in shelters and not approach windows or balconies. But many civilians have been arming themselves as they prepare to face Russian troops. Louise Callahan is correspondent for the Times of London in Kiev. I've been absolutely amazed by the kind of people that I've met who've decided to take up arms. I met a guy yesterday who's a software engineer. He was queuing up to try and get a gun from a police station. I mean, they were just handing them out like sweets. And I said, well, you're a software engineer. Do you know how to use a gun? And he was like, no, no, but I'll figure it out. I mean, of course, there are professional soldiers as well, but it must be thousands of people um, have gone out, or well, they went out last night and probably still are this morning to pick mm. up guns. In a Facebook post, the country's health minister said that 198 Ukrainians have died in the conflict so far and over 1,000 have been killed. Numbers have not been independently verified. 
There are reports that President Vladimir Zelensky last night turned down an offer from the United States to help evacuate him from Ukraine. The unlikely wartime leader is reported to have said, the fight is here, I need ammunition, not a ride. In an effort to combat rumours that he'd called for a surrender, Zelensky posted a self-shot video of him walking around the streets of Kyiv this morning. Good morning to everyone Ukrainians. Lately there has been a lot of fake information online that I call on our army to lay down arms and to evacuate. Listen, I am here. We will not lay down the weapons. We will defend our state, because our weapon is our truth. And the truth is that this is our land, our country, our children. And we will defend all of that. That's all I wanted to tell you. Glory to Ukraine. Melania Podlyok is a political commentator. Speaking on Times Radio Breakfast from Lviv, she said she's glad the Ukrainian president is remaining in the country. Even though it's extremely dangerous, I think it's the right thing to do. He is safe as long as Ukrainian people are safe. And for Ukrainian people to be safe, he has to stay. We're very proud of him, by the way. I don't think he'll leave. And I, at this point, support anything that my government decides to do. While Ukraine's leader stays put, there are reports of a mass exodus from the country. The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, Filippo Grandi, said yesterday that more than 50,000 Ukrainians have fled the country so far. According to Poland's border service, 29,000 people had arrived from Ukraine on Thursday and many more on Friday. Alexandra is one of the refugees in Poland. In Kiev it's very scary, they're bombing, in Kharkiv it's the same. I can't tell you anything else, I don't know, we're all very tired, we've spent 12 hours at the border. On the way, world leaders and sporting associations impose sanctions on Russia and protesters in Taiwan watch the Ukraine crisis closely. The Times Daily World Briefing to the international response now. On Friday, Russia vetoed a draft United Nations Security Council resolution which condemned its invasion of Ukraine and called on Moscow to withdraw troops. You can veto this resolution, but you cannot veto our voices. Linda Thomas-Greenfield is the United States permanent representative to the UN. You cannot veto the truth. You cannot veto our principles. You cannot veto the Ukrainian people. You cannot veto the UN Charter. And you will not veto accountability. As one of five permanent members of the council, Russia has veto power. Its vote yesterday effectively blocked action by the panel, which is tasked with maintaining international peace. Russia insisted it was not waging war, but carrying out an exercise to protect the people of Donbass. Eleven council members voted in favour of the resolution, while China, India and the United Arab Emirates abstained. The draft resolution is now expected to be taken up by the UN General Assembly, where no countries have veto power, but resolutions are not legally binding. Russia has suggested that it's willing to hold talks with Ukraine if the country lays down its weapons, a move the US has described as diplomacy at the barrel of a gun. Having conversations with Russia is, um, you know, they never keep their promises and you see what they're doing right now. But then again, um, that's a political decision. 
Uh, our military holds on very well, but if President Zelensky obviously has more information than I do, decides that now it's time to have a to have a dialogue, some meaningful dialogue, um, then sure, I'm all for it. I don't think he's going to do it. It's just the there will be no concessions to Russia. But I only think they suggest these talks because Ukraine is actually winning, if you will. Political commentator Melania Podlyok speaking to Times Radio. Meanwhile, a rare move against Russia's leaders as personal sanctions have been ordered on President Vladimir Putin and Foreign Affairs Minister Sergei Lavrov. Putin and Lavrov's assets in the US, EU, UK and Canada will be frozen – And in the case of the US, a travel ban has been imposed. A consensus has yet to be reached to cut off Russia's access to SWIFT, a global payment system. These personal sanctions come on the heels of a 10-point package announced by UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Thursday, which included the freezing of assets for some of Russia's top banks and preventing Russian companies from raising funds in Britain. Former diplomatic correspondent Jonathan Marcus told Times Radio how sanctions will affect the countries involved. I think what is most going to hurt uh, the Russians is some of the serious sanctions that have been imposed on key banks. Uh, I think uh, technology uh, transfer uh, restrictions are in the medium and longer term going to be very serious as well. The problem is that sanctions are, if you like, a form of collective punishment. Of course, the other aspect of sanctions, which is difficult, is that to an extent they disrupt the international economy. Uh, They affect uh, the sanctioning countries as well as the sanctioned country. Uh, And of course, there are ways in which uh, the Russians potentially uh, could retaliate as well. Elsewhere, the UK is among 27 nations who've agreed to supply more weapons and medical equipment to Ukraine. Armed Forces Minister James Heapy told Times Radio the government is assessing how to safely deliver this latest package of lethal aid. Clearly there are challenges around how you get it into Ukraine and then into the hands of those who are fighting on the front lines. And what you don't want to do is put a massive dump of Western arms somewhere in Ukraine only for it to then get whacked by calibre missile or Mm. to be taken by advancing Russian forces. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. The latest. The Polish Football Association says it will refuse to play Russia in next month's World Cup qualifier. And with updates on further sporting sanctions, here's Kane Reeves. Sporting bodies across the world have been imposing their own sanctions on Russia following the invasion of Ukraine. On Friday, UEFA announced the Champions League final had been taken away from St. Petersburg and will now be played in Paris on May the 28th. European champions Chelsea, who are owned by Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich, face uncertainties. That's according to their coach Thomas Tuchel, although no sanctions have yet been imposed on Abramovich by the UK government. Manchester United, they've terminated their sponsorship deal with Russia's national airline Aeroflot, which is believed to be worth £40 million. This season's F1 Grand Prix in Russia, which was due to take place in Sochi, has been cancelled. And the executive board of the International Olympic Committee has called on all international sports federations to relocate or cancel their sports events currently planned in Russia or Belarus. It also urged that no Russian or Belarusian national flags be displayed and that the national anthems of Russia and Belarus are not played at international sporting events. 
5,000 miles away from Kiev, protesters in Taiwan's capital, Taipei, have called on Russia to end the invasion. Whilst many in the crowd were Ukrainian and Russian, some Taiwanese protesters said they are fearful that Russia's attack may embolden China, which has placed increased military pressure on the territory over the last two years. Andy was at the demonstrations. I think that both the Ukrainians and the Taiwanese, or people anywhere, should be able to decide the future of where they live. Ethnicity and history should be part of the considerations, but at the same time, the will of the people should be respected. Secondly, I think that the way the situation develops will greatly affect Taiwan's place in the world because I think China will observe the reactions of Europe and the United States towards Ukraine and will include this in their considerations about whether or not to invade Taiwan. Beijing claims the island nation as its own territory. Earlier this month, Russia and China issued a joint statement pledging to stand together against NATO expansion, a position which Russia refused to back down from during talks with NATO nations at the start of this week. Putin affirmed that he believes Taiwan is an inalienable part of China and opposes any form of independence for the island. Meanwhile, China has refused to call Russia's attack on Ukraine an invasion, but it has called for dialogue. It abstained from voting on the UN Security Council's draft resolution, which would have deplored the Russian action. The country's representative, Zhang Jun, said, At present, faced with a highly complex and sensitive situation, the Security Council should make a necessary response. At the same time, such a response should also be taken with great caution, he said. All actions should be truly conducive to diffusing the crisis rather than adding fuel to fire. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Saturday, the 26th of February. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.